Welcome back, college football fans. Welcome back to another take of Urban's Take. Urban Meyer, welcome back to the Urban's Take, my man. Yeah, good to see you. A lot going on, Tim. Yeah, a lot of Urban in there. Uh, I just enjoy hanging on for the ride here. But, uh, you know, you guys, uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, here you guys are headed to Lincoln, Nebraska for your Fox Big Noon. You're going to get a lot of interest out there, of course, et cetera, with the fact that uh, they've dropped Scott Frost now and are looking – uh, for a full-time head coach, uh, Mickey Joseph is going to run the run the show as it goes. But boy, what an just what an interesting calamity we watched right right in Nebraska, and now they're trying to right the ship. Just what's your what's kind of your take on what's going on there? Well, first, our big noon group was great. We uh, had a lot of fun last week in Austin, Texas. What an environment! What a yeah. great game. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, we're headed to Nebraska, Oklahoma, and as we were talking a minute ago, Tim, that used to be. Yeah, you go back to the 70s and, and maybe early 80s. I'd have to go back and look, but there was a corridor, whether you call it the the Western Midwest, but you had the Tex going the south, the north. You had Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Nebraska. Of those five, six teams, they were always in the top 15. They had legendary coaches, legendary players, Heisman Trophy winners, national champions. And I remember watching a lot of them ran the wishbone back then. Yeah. And uh, remember the Nebraska, Oklahoma, or Nebraska, Texas, or the, you know, when those teams would play each other, everybody watched it. Oh, yeah. And like I said, they're Heisman Trophy winners. And then uh, then people started making decisions. Arkansas and AM go to the SEC. AM never played Texas again. Uh, Nebraska go. And, and leave that great corridor and now go play in the Big Ten. And, and I'm sure there were reasons why. But whenever you talk about college football, you talk about recruiting. And recruiting certainly took the hit. You know, families want to watch their kids play. And California and Texas used to be the big hotbed for Nebraska. Now you're – and they, they did. They pulled some players out of Jersey. I remember that in the yeah. East Coast a little bit, but not much. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to tie Arkansas into that, but those are legendary programs of legendary coaches and players that, you know, Arkansas is having a nice run now, but they've struggled a little bit. And yeah. you have to ask why. My answer is it's the recruiting base. Absolutely. I mean, it's always that. That's what Bob Devaney got going for Nebraska when he took over there. I mean, they were, I don't want to say they were a nothing program, but they were an afterthought, you know what I mean? And then Devaney, you know, like, you, like you've said many times, what's the three most important things you can do as a college football coach, it's recruit, recruit, recruit. And uh, that leads to all the other greatness, and et cetera. Uh, and, and the other thing, like you're talking about, Urban, uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, that used to be must-see must, must see TV when I was growing up. What was it, the 1970 game or 71? is one of the great football games ever played. Uh, and like you said, there was a, they were almost uh, throwing the, the national championship back and forth to each other, at least contending for it. Arkansas the same way with Frank Boyles and uh, Texas with Darrell Royal and, and of course, Barry Switzer in Oklahoma. And it's just funny how – I'm not going to say – because I think a lot of things change for the better, but it's just funny how a lot of tradition has been left in the wake of this – of the big up uh, – the, uh, the big uh, changes in college football over the last 20 years, isn't it? Yeah, and what's amazing is I got into coaching, oh boy, 1986, and you know I'm not, I don't want to be one of those guys who just complain because yeah, benefit from the salaries and the, but everything now is money. Everything is tell you the first thing you hear when you mention college athletics are television contracts, coaches' salaries, now NIL, which I mean I think that there's some great greatness to that, but 
you know, decisions are being made. You know, and I, I tell people that, how about this, Tim? My first staff meeting in Ohio State, 1986. I'm a 21-year-old Earl Bruce. Woody Hayes is still alive. And Earl, in his own colorful language, Coach Bruce, in his own colorful language, went around the room and said, you know, I want to reiterate the culture of Ohio State, what's important here. Number one, and he's screaming at us. Number one is premium placed on education. Every player is going to graduate or I'll fire you. You better know their tutor. You better know their GPA. You better know their class schedule. You better know the hours they need to graduate. This is before the, you know, advisors that you had all the time. The yeah. Class trackers. And so your, your job as a coach, you better, you'll better graduate your player. Or you're going to be fired. Number two is toughness. The toughest team and toughest staff will always win. And once again, he's screaming at us. And then the final one is selflessness. And that was team ahead of self at all costs. You know, no one player, no one coach is more important than a, a team at Ohio State. And just think where we're at now. Yeah. You know, now that is there really a premium placed on education now? Is there really a premium placed on toughness? And is there a premium placed on selflessness? All those virtues that were what college football, and I'm, I'm sure there are, but I mean, now it's where can I go to get the most money? And I'm not just, I'm talking about coaches. I'm talking about players. And once again, I'm not throwing a, a dart in anybody because I certainly benefited from it. But just interesting where we're at right now. Yeah. And if I don't like it there, I can go somewhere else. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, I think, you know, freedom of movement has its place, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of feel for young college football fans coming up now. You get attached to a player. Next thing you know, he's playing for maybe even your rival, you know, two years later when things didn't go right for him. I mean, it's really crazy. I want to get to this, though, man. I was not expecting, speaking of college football can be such a great sport. We saw it last weekend. Well, unless you're one of those three power five teams that got upset by a Sunbelt team, <laughs> but that's part of the greatness of it. But you're right there in red hot Austin, Texas. I did not see that coming, Urban. Uh, I'm not sure you did either of them going toe to toe with Alabama. Alabama, of course, wow, it seemed like it lost its. Uh, left its concentration somewhere on that flight between Tuscaloosa and Austin uh, from a penalty standpoint and everything else. But just what's your take on what, what you saw there uh, this past weekend? Well, credit to Sarkeesian and the staff of Texas. because and, and we always got to remember, the minute someone thinks, and I, I've heard Nick Saban say this, and, you know, when, when I've said it, Ryan Day says it, the minute you start saying, you know, or I hear people say, well, they're not very good, careful. Texas has scholarship players. They just went through eight months as off season. Uh, they have very good coaching staff that is, you know, has done, you know, last year they struggled, but I mean, they're good coaches. What are you talking about? They're very good players. Quinn Ewers okay. looked great. And then he got hurt and the other guy came in and did good. So I, I was surprised, but if you remember, I picked and I remember it was like 35, 10 and I said, yeah. it might even be closer than that. <laughs> and a lot of the guys on the set were like, are you kidding me? This is, you know, I'm like, wait a minute now. There's 101,000 people here. It's hot. There's, you know, Alabama had to travel to getting up early. And Texas has been dealing with this, you know, just getting blasted for years, but really in the last several months. And I thought they played hard. The fans were into it. What a great place that is. And it came down to uh, a checkmate moment in that game. Yeah. We're going to get those checkmate moments in a moment. But it is interesting that a kicker named Auburn almost beat Alabama. And then a quarterback named Young ran for a great, made a great run to beat, to help beat Texas, isn't it? I mean, that's, you can't make stuff like that up, can you? 
That's Tim May for you, though. I yeah. no one ever thought of that, Tim. You did. Yeah, but it's it's great. I was really thinking about that Auburn thing, man. I was thinking about my kin folks in Alabama just like not not having a good weekend, man. But uh, they pulled it out. The, the the Alabama did. But uh, should should Alabama have dropped below Ohio State in the polls? I mean, Ohio State had a very thorough, in my opinion, victory over Arkansas State. I mean, uh, I know it's early. Who cares about the polls? But they do matter because Ohio State has a you know a, a decent win over Notre Dame and drops. You know and Texas survives. I mean, excuse me, Alabama survives Texas and kind of stayed in those top two. I mean, is that right? Uh, put me in the who cares about the poll category. You know, I think, you know, I think Georgia right now, you know, do they deserve to be number one? They, they look really good. I think yeah. Ohio State looks really good. I think Alabama looks very good. They go on the road. Uh, I think Texas will win a bunch of games. I think Texas might finish in the top 15, top 12. What? Uh, to go on the road and play that game. You know, I once again. Yeah. If you want to play a deep dive into the polls. No, I, no, but I'm, but, but you're right. I mean, you, you get hints that a guy's got it going on. Sarkeesian looks like he and his group have got it going on, though, right? I mean, you saw, you saw Sparks there, right? I did. I saw, I think he's a great play caller. I did a little uh, segment on, on Big Noon about, you know, when Dan Mullen and I went to Florida, we were educated in the SEC, and the, the defensive lines in the SEC are what separates that league. Oh, yeah. And we can, you would always have 10 plays on your call sheet where you don't block them. And there's screens, there's boots, there's naked, there's ways to get away from that defense line. I thought he did a great job. He did not. He got the ball out. You know, the quarterback got hurt on a late hit. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah. But other than that, he protected that quarterback, and they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Hudson Card came in looked pretty good. Um you know, you went through this when you were at Ohio State and at Florida, and I'm sure at Utah. You get this big game going, man, and uh, and so who wants to come to the big games, the big uh, the Ohio State Notre Dame game, the Texas uh, Alabama game, the Texas A&M is hosting Miami this week. They got a bunch of big time blue chippers in. How, how tough is that on a head coach, especially to know that you know, like you, we just said, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting are the three tenets of what how you build your program, and yet. You know, well, you don't want to look. You don't want to get embarrassed like Texas A&M did last week at home against App State. You know, Appalachian State, because uh, that that's probably the worst comments you can make. But uh, you know, to a, to a young recruit. But how do you deal? How did you deal with that, Urban? Uh, just those pressures along with the big game pressure. I think it's good that everybody knows what Ryan Day and and those guys have to go through. Is first of all, they show up on Friday and they want to meet with you. They want you know, you're you are in game mode. Yeah, and they want you know the family, and you have to be cordial, and you have to put on that you know you have to kind of. I'd even talk to myself, say, get engaged here because I, I didn't care at all. I cared about that game, you know. I cared about third down. I cared about our kickoff team, our punt team, and yeah, or what what point of the game we go after a block punt, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, here they come rocking in the best running back, best offense line, and then all of a sudden, you know, on Saturday they're coming around the facility and they want to meet, have coffee in the morning. And, and it's just, honestly, it's awful, Tim. Yeah. And then after the game, if you win, you know, you celebrate and then you want to go to your family and also you got to go to a dinner, you know, you have to go. And I, my, you knew this is, if it was a noon game, I wanted to get home to see my kids and family so bad. And all of a sudden, hey, you need to go stop by the uh, Blackwell and have dinner with, I was like, my gosh. Yeah. And then the men. On Sunday, you come rolling in there at 7, 30, 8 o'clock in the morning, and you meet with 15 families straight through. 
you're done at six o'clock and you didn't watch the film, you didn't have time to do the responsibilities of a head coach, and then God forbid you lose that game like we did a couple times. And I mean, you're you talk about have to change your personality because you want to go get things fixed and you got to meet with these people. So it's great, but it's also it's, it's difficult. Did did you find though that the families or somebody in the group understood the pressures that y'all were dealing with? I mean, you know what I mean? Or did or were they all about all about themselves? I mean, no, what I mean, do you remember from that? I remember that uh, no, it's uh, this is that player that's walking in your office. If you're Ohio State on an official visit or a visit, you're going to the team up north. You're going to uh, Auburn. You're going to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, yeah. Penn State, or Notre Dame. So no, they're uh, you know they got their own self interest, and that's they got to make a decision. So they're not the last thing they're worried about is a pressure on a head coach. All right, let's get to it, man. Urban's checkmate moments. I mean. Like you, like you pointed out, you can't get more checkmate moment than uh, that Texas versus uh, Alabama. Uh, Alabama's about at midfield. They, they're still not in what you'd call surefire uh, field goal range. Both coaches are making big decisions, right? Sure. I mean, you've, 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 <laughs> you've worked all your career and definitely all that week on a moment like that uh, to where you – to make that call. I remember – uh, the call Ohio State made last last week with a zero blitz and Steel Chambers comes untouched up the middle and boom. I know that's Arkansas State, but it was a huge call in that game and stuff. So take me take me to let's go to Texas and uh, Alabama. What, what do you recall of that play? Oh, I, I I lived it up there. I was watching it closely, and you know everybody. I hear all the other people talking. I'm I'm trying to lock in on this moment because that's. You play 60 minutes of football, and there's about a seven or eight second window that winner loses the game. And the check game yeah. over was Texas was uh, on defense. Alabama was driving the ball with a Heisman Trophy. What a great quarterback he is, by the way. 35 seconds left, one timeout, and they get it down to the 37 yard line. So the line of demarcation to me has always been obviously it depends on the quality of kicker, but I always wanted to get to that 25. Yeah. You know, take you start kicking from the 35, that's a 52-yard field goal. That's too far. 30, no, I the 25 was a liner and I even wanted to push it further. But they're on the 37, the defense coordinator at Texas, and I'm sure Sarkeesian's involved. They need to do something. And they brought a corner blitz, beautiful blitz. The guy was clean. No one touched him. If he gets hit, he's going to be back on the 45-yard line. 45-yard line, 45, 55, you're talking about it's, he's out of field goal range. They burn a timeout. That, I think the game ends up different if he makes that tackle. Yeah. And what, what happened? Bryce Young slipped it, scrambled down to the 17-yard line. So they'd say, no, that's a 30-yard 30 30-yard 30 difference field position. They had the right call, the coaches at Texas. What overcomes a right call, though? A great player. Yeah, a great player overcame a run, and Bryce Young scrambled down two incomplete pat two incomplete passes later, and they pick a game winning field goal. So yeah. that's why you hand out Heisman's at the end of the year. That was a Heisman moment. It was a checkmate moment. Yeah, it was a Heisman moment. Let me ask you a dumbass dumbass question: Did he have a Heisman game? He he and Alabama struggled, right? Were you surprised by that? No, I I, I don't see. I think they're young, really talented receivers, and I did some homework afterwards. They are really talented. They're just young. Yeah. Did you go back to Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, who we faced in the big game, and uh, 
the Sugar Bowl. Then recently, Jamison Williams, uh, Waddle, uh, Devontae, the Heisman Trophy winner. Those guys were not good. They're great. And I didn't see that. You know, yeah. I didn't see the athleticism. I didn't see the greatness that uh, uh, I think it's going to come because they're really young and talented. Yeah. Hey, last thing. Uh, what does Ryan Day have to guard against this week? Obviously, even last week, you're coming off a huge win over Notre Dame. Ohio State got going a little bit slow. You know, they're, they're still leading at the halftime. And then they had that surge at the second half, which put the game away. Could have been even worse. But now you're going against a, an unbeaten Toledo right down the street from where you got your first head coaching job, Bowling Green. Uh, but you're going against them, and here's Wisconsin looming next week. Yeah, Wisconsin got upset by Washington State last week, but Wisconsin, you know, is going to be aiming aiming for Buckeyes. Uh, and then you look around the country. Was last week – was what happened last week with all those upsets, those major upsets by the Sunbelt teams, was that a wake-up call for everybody? Even C.J. Stroud said he went home. He's like me and you. He goes home and watches more football. <laughs> but uh, even he paid attention to what was going on around the country. Is that a is that a good wake up call for everybody involved, including like your your former spot, uh, Ohio State? Sure, I think I'm sure Coach Day used it. I'm sure the position coaches. I would ask our uh, coaches to start their meeting with maybe a couple clips of that. You know, first thing you can the, the, the thing you can't do is disrespect an opponent. And overlook him. And so I, you know, Ryan Day is too good of a coach. But once again, the head coach is a product of the assistant coaches. Our best teams, we had our best assistant coaches I've ever been around. You know, the teams we struggle, we struggle. Assistant, you know, the head coach has got that's a job. So yeah, I mean, the worst thing possible is to overlook because Toledo come in there and beat your butt, and you talk that's a historic loss. So I don't see that happening. I see an elite head coach. I see a group of players that's seen. I listen to what they say. They seem very mature. Uh, so I, I don't see this one as a major issue. I, you know, once again, you want to you want to stay healthy and you want to perform and keep getting better. And I think I heard a comment where Ryan Day said this is about Ohio State football. Yeah, and it's not about whether we're playing Toledo or playing uh, Penn State. It's, yeah. We have to work. We have to work at it. Yeah. To me, the Tuesday, Tim. To, to me, the Tuesday, Wednesday. That's why I was in a nut job on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. To me, that's your team. That's you have to be better than the previous Tuesday, Wednesday. Everybody worries about Saturday. Saturday is a direct result of Tuesday, Wednesday. Hey, real quick before you go, though, you know, you, you said, what are you looking for on Tuesday and Wednesday that tells you you're better than you were a week ago? I mean, is it just the execution of a of a basic play? What explain to people what what coaches see that maybe an average fan doesn't see in a practice? You know, number one thing I look for is attitude, and so I would stand. We had the red line there. And I yeah. would always stand there. And if a player came out and I saw, you know, he, because players and coaches have so much going on, you, I, I need those two hours. You know, I need your two hours of focus here. Yeah. And so if I saw a different look, first I'd call him over and find out what's going on. A lot of times I'd send him back to the locker room and say, get your mind right now. Let's go. I need, we, not I, we need two hours. And then, yes, it's actually, you know, it's at the four to six A to B. And, and I would, you know, to the point where there's a nut, like I said, a nut about it that, you know, coaches coaching hard Tuesday, Wednesday are, that's, that's blue collar. That's grab your lunch pail and you go to work as a coach and as a player, because we have to improve. And uh, you, you could see, you know, like I said, the attitude from stretch lines to hustling to drill to drill. A lot of times I would start practice over again. If I didn't see that, you know, the famous saying was 
we're going to have uh, two good hours of practice today, no matter what. Now, it might take four hours to have it, but we're going to yeah. have two good hours. <laughs> That's great. Hey, by the way, one more last thing I want to ask you. It's Nebraska, when you fire a coach two games, three games into a year, and you're not going to if, – if you're going – if you get the kind of guy you want to get, an established dude who's got a program that's going pretty well, you know, he won't be available at least until December, you know, probably. And if he's in – ends up in a playoff, or, I mean, you know, uh, I don't know. Or do they kind of paint themselves into a hole here in that pursuit? I mean, it's going to be – as much as you'd like to get him tomorrow, you're probably not going to get him for another three months, right? I mean, it's kind of your – you're painting yourself into a hole, aren't you? Yeah, I, I, you know, and Jeremy Foley is the guy that said what what's going to happen eventually should be done immediately. I guess you know. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about that, you know, because I care about the players. Is that the right thing to do for the players? But I get, you know, that's where agents get involved. Where right now all the phone calls being made to agents are: is there interest? If there is interest, then they start the conversation. That way, the head coach stays out of it. Uh, Nebraska is an elite job. Nebraska has got historically one of the winningest programs, a great fan base. They've been down. They have to figure out this recruiting piece. They have to get someone who understands that area. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, there's positive negatives. You know, obviously that's up to the AD. Now he's, you know, I'm sure he's put a little group together and they're now going out to find candidates and then they start weeding out candidates. Gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, Urban's take, uh, Tim May. Urban. Thanks for joining me again, my man. We'll see you next week. Get healthy, Tim. Thanks.